Happy Valentine's Day to you. What did you get God for Valentine's Day? I went over to uh, Hallmark yesterday, because I do things a little late. And uh, I was walking around looking for the God section. Because I wanted to get a Valentine's Day card. And I found uh, a section for spouses and nephews and aunts and uncles. Everybody under the sun. But there was no God section. I walked out of the store empty-handed. No Valentine's Day card for God. How was I going to tell God I love him without a card? How do we really say to God, I love you? Well, we certainly can say the words, I love you, and I think it's appropriate to express our devotion, our appreciation. I love for God. But so often, words are less than adequate. And if we're not careful, words can be empty. In one portion of the Word of God, God says, They draw close to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. It's easier to speak of experiences that go beyond the reality of our lives. So, what does God want for Valentine's Day? How do we, in a very practical sense, demonstrate, manifest our love to God? The scripture has one consistent answer. If you love me, keep my commandments. That is the divine interpretation of love for God. If you love me, keep my commandments. We've been spending over a year now in the book of John. Going through it carefully, slowly. We're in John chapter 14, so we may be in it for another year. That's the good news. No. So, as we've been working slowly through the book of John, I think it's pretty easy to get lost in the minutia of very small sections. And so, today, I want us to look at chapters 13, 14, and 15 as a whole. I could easily have gone to 17 as well, but there's only so much time. And I want to be sure that we get the main thrust, the main thing. It's extremely simple and yet incredibly profound. So today we focus our attention on the big theme in chapters 13, 14, and 15. And the big theme is that we are called to follow Jesus' example in loving God and loving others. We are called to follow Jesus' example in loving God and loving others. Last week, we considered for communion out of 1 Peter the aspect that we are to follow Jesus' example in suffering, who suffered redemptively, innocently, and patiently. And we are to do likewise. Today, we are to follow Jesus' example in loving God and in loving others. We start by looking at loving others. Jesus provides the supreme example of loving others. 
Jesus taught us repeatedly that we are to love our fellow believers the way that Jesus loved us. Look at John 13, 14. John 13, 14. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you love one another. Now, the commandment to love is not new. In James, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. The aspect of loving your neighbor as yourself had come to be known as the royal law, or princely law, because it was the granddad of all laws. Everything was seen as being subservient to this overarching law, and that is that we were to love others as we love ourselves. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, you don't need to turn there, but there was one that came to Jesus and said, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend the whole law and the prophets. Meaning that you can sum up all that the Old Testament teaches under the categories of loving God and loving others. If you do that, if you love God and you love others, you fulfill all the commands and requirements of the law of God. So, loving others is not new. What is new is the standard. Up until this time, the standard was that we were to love others the way that we love ourselves. The new standard is we are to love our fellow disciples the way that Jesus has loved us. Notice verse 34 of chapter 13. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. That's what's new. The bar has been raised incredibly. Because now the standard is the way that God loves us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, practically speaking, in what way does Jesus love us? Well, there are actually two that are referred to in our text. The first, Jesus shows his love for us by serving us. If you look at John chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he should depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Then we find, in verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. Now, go back to verse 12. John thirteen twelve. And so, when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. 
and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I do. The example that Jesus provides when he teaches his disciples that they are to love them the way that he loved them is that he served them. He humbled himself. Rather than having a place of prominence, though he was master, though he was teacher, though he was Lord, he took upon him the role of a servant and lowered himself to washing their feet. Washing their feet. Now, the command is reiterated in John chapter 15. Turn with me there. John chapter 15. Starting with verse 17. This I command you, that you love one another. Look at John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. So, repeatedly, Jesus keeps saying, this is my commandment, that you love one another. This is my commandment, that you love one another. This is my commandment, that you love one another the way that I have loved you. Now look at verse 13 of chapter 15 for this second way in which he demonstrates love. Greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. There's no greater love than this. That a man lays down his life for his friends. That's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus died for us. There is no greater manifestation of love than that. There is no greater servanthood. There is no greater sacrifice. There's nothing more that we could possibly give to another human being than to be willing to die in their place. To cast them out of harm's way. And to die so they don't have to. To be willing to give up an organ that we cannot live without. So that someone else could live. That would be the greatest manifestation of love there is. Jesus said, we are to love others the way that he has loved us. That's not hyperbole. Jesus did not simply, in ethereal ways, talk about how wonderful this world would be if people just loved one another. Jesus didn't just talk about loving his disciples. Jesus actually served them. Jesus actually lived his life giving up so many things in order for the benefit and well-being of others. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. He lived his life so that 
He had no shelter. Even the foxes have dens and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He didn't own a home. Didn't even own a donkey. Had to borrow a donkey in order to ride in Jerusalem on a triumphal entry. He owed nothing. He required nothing of people to serve them. There were no offerings taken at any of his gatherings. He did not become rich. Quite the contrary. He who was rich became poor for our sakes. He did, on a daily basis, submit himself to others. Humbled himself. And, he actually loved us more than his own life. In the great agony of the garden, when he wanted this cup to pass from him, saying, not my will, but yours be done. He loved us. He died in our place. And he says, we are to love others the way that he loved us. Not just as much as we love ourselves. More than we love ourselves. In John 13.35, it says, By this will all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. It is the distinguishing mark of Christians. It's what separates us from the world. It's what makes us unique. It is the true and ultimate manifestation of godliness. The problem is love is so trivialized. It is the hallmark kind of love. It is the valentine sent in the mail. It's the box of candy that's given. Scriptural love is so much more than that. It is so precious that when it is seen, you know that that person's got to be a child of God. Because it's impossible to love that way without being a child of God. Jesus alludes to the fact that the Father and He are going to come to them in the context that's in the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God is going to be given to us. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There's no way to legislate love. It is a fruit of the Spirit of God. So, what's the application? Well, first, I think, obviously, how much deeper our love ought to be for each other. Who can measure up to this standard? Who can really say they love other people the way that Jesus loves us? Which should lead us to a marvel at Jesus' love for us. He just doesn't walk, talk the talk. He walks the walk. It really is mind-boggling that Jesus would die for us. It should lead us to confidence. We should never question Christ's love for us. 
we should never question God's love for us. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We should never sit there with a daisy. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me. He died for me. What greater manifestation of love could there be? What more could he have done than to die so that we could experience eternal life? Then, Jesus teaches us that love for Jesus and love for the Father is manifested in keeping his commandments. Look at John 14, 15. Verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my word. How many times does he have to say it? How many times does he need to repeat it? Verse after verse after verse, Jesus says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. The measure of love that we have for God is directly related to our desire to obey his commands. Let me say that again. Our love for God is directly related to our desire to keep his commands. If we don't desire to keep his commands, it's a mockery to say I love him. We're lying. We're manipulating. We're not being true. We find in this section that in showing love for Jesus by obeying his commands, we not only show love for Jesus, but love for the Father as well. Look at verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So, it's not just that we're obeying Jesus' words, we're obeying the Father's words. And as a result, When we obey Jesus' commands, we're obeying God's commands. Because they're one and the same. And when we're dissing Jesus' commands, we're dissing the Father's commands. But they're one and the same. Verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Love is mutually experienced in the Godhead. Love for Jesus is love for the Father also. One of the overarching themes of 13, 14, 15, on through 17, is the oneness of Jesus with the Father. I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 14, 1. Believe in God, believe also in me. It's one and the same. Here, Love for me is love for the Father. And love for the Father is love for me. 
John 14, 23. Jesus said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him. There is a mutual manifestation of love. Not only do we love Jesus, but Jesus loves us and the Father loves us. There is no competition in the Trinity. In literary genre, it is common to speak of the eternal love triangle. In literary genre, one of the most common uses of literature is to put forth a plot in which there are three people that have love for one or the other. And then there is the competition that exists for that love. There is the husband, the wife, the mistress. There's the man, the woman, the neighbor. There are various people vying for the love of the individual. This is the true eternal triangle for it is the love of God for us and our love for the Father. And there is no competition. If we love Jesus, we love the Father. If we love the Father, we love the Spirit. If we love Jesus and are loved by Him, we're loved by the Father, we're loved by the Spirit. The Trinity is not jealous of each other. The Trinity is not at odds with each other. The Trinity is consistent in loving each other and loving us. It's mutually expressed in the Godhead. And so verse 23 says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. And then ultimately it's going to be manifest in the Holy Spirit. So there's a real sense in which God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit abide with us. And that's for another week. But all this leads up to this. Jesus provides the supreme example of loving God by means of keeping God's commandments. Remember, repeatedly, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. How did Jesus show his love for the Father? By keeping his commandments. By keeping his commandments. Look at John 14, starting at verse 29. And now I have told you before it comes to pass, speaking about his death and speaking about the coming of the Holy Spirit, that when it comes to pass, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming and he has nothing in me. Now these words. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. The commandment that he's referring to is his death. He's doing the will of the Father. 
There is no greater manifestation of love for God than the willingness to obey Him to death. To the point of death. That is expressly said in Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon himself the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, and being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. He died in obedience to the will of God the Father. Jesus did everything that the Father asked of him. Jesus was sinless. He was at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Why? Why? Because he loved the Father. And you see, without loving the Father, he couldn't have been sinless. The first and great commandment is, Thou shalt love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He did that. And because he really loved God with all his heart and all his soul and all his mind, he was fully obedient in everything. He delighted in his commands. He wanted to please him. The commandments of God take on a whole different framework for us. When they are objects of affection and love. Maybe some of you know the preciousness of love of children for their parents. I had wonderful parents. I had wonderful parents. I felt loved by my parents. And in turn, I loved them. I tried to please them. I tried to do what was right. I tried to live my life in a way that would not displease them or dishonor them. A huge motivating factor for me growing up was I really didn't want to displease them. Not because I was fearful of what would happen. Because I admired them. I respected them. And I believe that they really were concerned for my well-being. I trusted them. I loved them. And I had a very, very strict father. But even though I grew up in an extremely strict household, it never seemed burdensome to me. I didn't become resentful. Because there was this love that existed between us. When we love God, the Bible is not a bunch of do's and don'ts. The Bible is the giving and receiving of love. Jesus did everything that the Father asked of him. He was without sin. Jesus obeyed the Father in everything. Jesus was sinless. Jesus truly loved the Father. 
Jesus fulfilled the command of Matthew 23, 27. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And he fulfilled the command to love his neighbor as himself. Both are seen in the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ. So let me take this a step further. Here's the practical theological application of the atonement. Jesus went to the cross for us. Jesus went to the cross because he loved us. Jesus went to the cross because he loved us even more than he loved himself. Jesus died for us. But there was even a higher motivation. There was even a greater motivation for Jesus. Jesus went to the cross not simply, not fully, not exhaustively because of his love for us. He went to the cross because of his love for the Father. He went to the cross because it was his Father's will. He went to the cross because it was the expression of his Father's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Jesus went to the cross because he loved God supremely, more than anything else. So, it had to be. Because the first and greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And the second is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It flows out of love for God and results in love for neighbor. So, practically, what do we see from this? Well, in loving God, we must love our brothers and sisters in Christ. If we do not love our brothers and sisters in Christ, then we can't say that we love God. Turn with me to 1 John. Probably a familiar portion. 1 John chapter 4. Written by the same apostle later in his life. Many of the same thoughts that are found in the book of John are found in 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. 1 John 4, 20. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Well, that's pretty bold and in your face. Anybody who says, I love God, but I hate my fellow Christian, is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. We're back to the commandment, you see? We're back to the commandment. You can't really love God if you don't love your brother because love for God is keeping His command and His command is that we love our brother. So if you don't, you don't really love God. Because love is obeying His commands. And that's His command. That's His command. But we really can't love our brother without loving God. For that's where the enablement comes. 
That's where the empowerment comes. Why does Jesus love us? Because the Father loves us. Ephesians 1. We were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Turn with me to John chapter 17. John 17, starting with verse 1. Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, even as you have given him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him he may give eternal life. Jesus Christ came to give eternal life to everyone that the Father gave to him. He loves us because the Father loves us. Why do we love our brother and sister in Christ? Because Jesus loves our brother and sister in Christ. Why do we love our brother and sister in Christ? Because God loves our brother and sister in Christ. We love them because he loves them. We love them because he loves them. So, in conclusion, in conclusion, how deep, how real, How significant is our love for God? Not purely sentimental. Not an expression on our lips. Not words. You know, you'll search in vain to actually find a passage that tells us to to verbalize that love for God. It's the keeping of His commands. That's the practical way that we love God. That's what true spirituality looks like. There are so many people that that talk about love for God. There are so many people that write poems and and, and write songs that sound like love songs. You You can put your spouse's name into most of them and they'd be appropriate. Real love for God is seen in obeying His commands. Real love for others is seen in our modeling the life of Jesus, who gave himself, sacrificed himself. Why? Because he was following the commands of the Father. Do we understand that love for God affects our love for others? Are we willing to die for others? Are we willing to sacrifice for others? Are we willing to change our lifestyle for others? Yesterday, I was on the phone with Matt and Suki. 
Matt's sick again and they have some issues. And I cut off the phone. I'm sorry. But I, what I thought was my daughter puts me to shame. They've made sacrifices that I've never made. And quite frankly, am I unwilling to make? They've changed their whole lifestyle. They've put up all kinds of things. Because they want to see other people come to Christ. They talk about their love for their new neighbors. Matt was excited to have his best friend from the village. Of course, uh, an individual talked to us on the phone. Matt had to translate, of course. But if you talk to them, they're there not because of their love for the people. They're there for their love of God. They believe this is the will of God. They believe that this is what God wants them to do. And they want to do it. Now please, they're not perfect. I'm not saying they're perfect. Nobody is. Nobody loves God the way they should. I'm just saying they're better than I am. I think we all could love God more than love our brothers and sisters in Christ more. I think the proper response is to say to God, I love you. I thank the Lord Jesus Christ for dying for me. You are worthy of my all, but I withhold it from you. Help me to love you more. Help me to love others more. Fill me with your spirit. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Oh God, come and abide in me. And may I experience your love as I obey your commands. May I learn of you. May I see how trustworthy you are. May I see how delightful it is. Transform me by your grace. It's really a profound portion of the Word of God. That takes its great culmination in chapter 17. But that's the big picture. May God help us to love Him and to love others. Let's pray. Our Father, I pray for grace in our lives. Lord, open our hearts and minds to have true, rich, deep spiritual understanding. 
may we delight in your word. May we see it for as precious as it is, more precious than rubies and gold. May we not spurn it, may we not just put it on the coffee table or by our bedstand. But may we treasure it, may we meditate upon it, may we internalize it, may we memorize it, may we obey it. And Lord, help us not to give lip service for our love for our fellow brother and sister in Christ. May we weep when they weep. May we be touched by the feelings of their infirmities. May we be saddened by their transgressions. May we be moved by their physical and spiritual and emotional struggles. May we be generous in the times of their adversity. May we be long-suffering and patient towards one another. Help us to see spirituality for what it really is. And may you receive honor and glory and praise. May that be our ultimate and final desire in all things. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, may we do it all to the glory of God. Including reaching the lost. For you are worthy, O God, that every tongue would confess, every knee would bow, and acknowledge you as Lord. Because we love you, may we take that message to others. And because we love them, may we take that message to them as well. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.